Welcome to part two of our very special Christmas interview with Suzanne Adams. Once again, this interview is being presented without commercial interruption. In this episode, we talk about Suzanne's reverence for the art of acting and how she transmitted the importance of that attitude to her students. We'll also talk about scene assignments, and you might catch why I decided to release this interview at Christmas. And finally, we talk in detail about her casting process. Here is part two of my interview with Suzanne Adams. And we are back. We are talking with Suzanne Adams, the matriarch of the theater department at Nutrier. Suzanne, you created, and in fact, you adamantly insisted upon an absolute reverence for the art of performing arts in general and acting in particular in your classroom environment. Where did the supreme importance of that mindset come from? And why do you think that you were so successful in transmitting that to generations of students? I think it did come from my experience at Nurture as a student myself. Uh, during the time I was at Nurture, the small theater, Woodland Theater, was created. And so the stage, the small stage that had been there was going to be cut up into, taken away and a new theater put in, lovely little theater. But my students who had acted on that stage wanted pieces of the floor and so did I, because I remembered having played a scene from Lilium on that stage when I was a student at Nutrier. And it was one of those transformational experiences where I discovered what it was like to inhabit another human spirit. And it's a very sacred thing. This is not frivolous, this matter of theater. In the Bhagavad Gita, they talk about the hero as embodied, this great embodiment. Actors embody other human spirits when they take on a role. And so you approach that as reverently as you can. It is, it's respect for life when you respect acting. It's respecting another human life. Another quote that I had come across, I think at Stanford, was from the Roman actor Terence, where he said, nothing human can be foreign to me. So nothing that exists in human life, good, bad, loathsome, heroic, there's something in me that can relate to that as a fellow human being. And my job as an actor is to find that. So we would talk about the gods coming down when it's a an actor, a scene, a play sometimes would just seem to be inhabited by a spirit that was more than us. We had given ourselves over to something larger, something greater, something eternal. I, I want to talk about this later because it's, it's sort of later in my questions here, but you just triggered something that's so important and I could I could hear it in your voice and, and see it in you right there. And that is something that I'm I'm sure you were aware of. What you just expressed, the purity, the joy, the the 
the feeling that you got when you would see that beauty of art happen. As one of your students, I can tell you that there was nothing that we craved more when we were learning this art with you. There was nothing that was more valuable to us than the discovery of one of those moments. When And when you saw that, and when the, we could see that you saw that moment, it was there was no there was no high that we were ever going to find anywhere else in life that was going to be better than that thing there was no grade that we could get there was nothing else you helped us understand what that moment was in a future episode uh, the wonderful carolyn novak and i will recount my single greatest role that i ever had the chance to to play thanks to you but the moment that you uh, were watching us on stage and we were up on the M183 stage. We were just literally, it was one of the first times we were running lines, doing some little blocking and just trying to get a feel for the role in the, the space and all this. And everybody else in the class were doing little bits of scenes all over the place. And you had stopped and I can still see you standing down in the class and you had stopped and you were staring at us. And when we realized that that was happening, we kind of, you know, we, we became very self-conscious and it also made us recognize that lots of other groups of students had also stopped and were watching Carolyn and, and myself. And the look on your face, because there was something in that moment that you had seen, you saw the discovery, the inhabiting of another role, another spirit kind of thing. And that was, there's no words for that. That's just absolutely, that's an incredible moment. And so I understand that. And the thing that's incredible to me about what you were able to do was you were able to somehow transmit that to us and to help us understand the importance of that. And that's something that was, that that's really unique. So anyway, so that you made me think of that when you, when you said that. Thank you. I, I, my next question, so I, I'll, I'll kind of get to that. Let's get back around to that same kind of point here. So my next question is more of a statement up front. And that is, I'm guessing that you have in your head, a library of, I'm going to say, 8, 10, 12,000 plays. <laughs> and I'm not talking about like a cursory summary Cliff Notes version of these things. I mean, like a highly detailed and deep understanding of them. How on earth did you acquire this encyclopedic knowledge of plays. You said that there was a gap between, you know, Stanford and coming back to New Trier. Did you spend a decade doing nothing but reading plays or how did you do it? Because you, you really knew, you knew stuff that we, that people don't know. I mean, how did you acquire this breadth of knowledge about theater? Well, because I loved it. I did read plays and see plays and I think it's important for, uh, actors and for theater teachers in particular, to know a lot of plays because of something else that I thought was very important in teaching. And that is what I call interventionist scene assignments. Uh, you you may remember Christmas. Yes. Uh, we, uh, somebody in the class, I think it was Donnie Nicholas, decided to call the day that I gave scene assignments Christmas. Christmas Day, you bet. Yeah. And uh, I, you have no idea how hard I worked on Christmas. I would spend a lot of time thinking about it. And then the weekend before the assignments, 
I did nothing, nothing that weekend, but make sure that my assignments were doing what I wanted them to do. And to be able to make a scene assignment that does one of two things, it either affirms the student who needs affirmation as to what he is, what she is, or stretches the student who is perhaps a little too sure of who he is or who she is into something that's a little bit scary, maybe that, that isn't so easy. Uh, aha, look at this hot shot, you know, that sort of thing. So it's, I'm laughing because I know I was both, but <laughs> well, and we're all both, <laughs> but, so, but assigning for growth or assigning for affirmation. And so I would read tons of plays looking particularly for scenes that I could harvest and have available to meet various requirements like that. And then I, I was very lucky at that time, I, it isn't the case now, but at that time I remembered everything I ever read. So I never had to look at a script. Once I had read it, I pretty well knew it. And uh, so I never needed to hold a prompt book when I was directing because I knew everybody's lines. But that it, it was astonishing because you really did. It, it, you would come out and there would be per class, however many classes you were teaching when these Christmas Day events would happen, there would be 17 plays and specific scenes. And, and, we, and we all of us were like, how in the world is she just is she just making that up? Is there just is she like it was. But the, but this leads to my next question, which is one of the most it, retrospectively now. One of the most incredible things about you is your ability to cast people in the right plays and the right roles, which is sort of what you were just talking about. Do you consider that ability of yours to be a skill, a natural talent, or a combination of those two things? And how do you do that so incredibly well and so consistently? How did you, because you, I guess there's a, some, there's a something about, about perhaps about empathy and all, but you were talking about knowing what was right for the student and all, but you were literally able to know far better than we would know what role they would be great in. And that is truly incredible to me. How did, again, is that a skill or is that a talent or is that something that you, how do you feel that you were able to do that? You know, Duane, I, I loved Christmas because everybody was a star. Everybody got to play a lead role. I anguished much more about casting plays because uh, some are chosen and some are rejected, and I I hated that. Uh, I I feel that I had a propensity to seeing who you were rather than what you looked like, and that <laughs> that was uh, that led to some unexpected casting sometimes. And it also so it was for finding what was needed, not only for the play, but for the actor, not just for the character, but for the player of the scene or of the of the play. I I think the Jung Institute helped a lot actually. I, I uh, that, of course, was a kind of a spooky kind of psychology. Both my husband and I decided after a while that these people were crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and he came back and 
became a psychiatrist rather than a Jungian analyst, as he had first imagined. But he did do exorcisms. So we were both a little on the spooky side. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to put that on my big list of things I did not know until today. (laughs) (laughs) But there, of course, there was a lot of emphasis on the subconscious. You know, that Jungianism is all about the the shared subconscious that we all have the superego and the uh, looking below the surface of things the power of myth joseph campbell's big guy for unions and ritual and uh, accessing the inaccessible i think one of the premises that i work on in not just in theater but i think in life in general is the more that can be brought to consciousness, the better. So I don't believe in papering over anything that's happened. I do believe in finding a use for it. So there was a boy, for instance, who told us in an emotion memory session, and this was another thing that I did that was <laughs> very close to psychotherapy. And right. I don't know if I would get away with it in today's environment but then I did and he he told us about discovering in his adored father's records the fact that his father had been one of the pilots that bombed Dresden during World War II wow he had been responsible for that terrible firebombing of a beautiful city and thousands of lives and he didn't know what to do with that feeling about his father And so I assigned him all my sons, the scene where Chris goes to his father, who in the play has been in charge of a factory that made airplane parts. And he, the father allowed some defective parts to go through in order to meet the deadline. And some of those planes crashed. And the scene begins with the boy going in and saying, so you did it? And that line was, it still makes my head expand to think of how how that line resonated for us all because he had a place to put his feeling. And then having put it there, having used it in the surface service of an art form, He was able to deal with it. He was able to go on. He was able to love his beloved father. His father was more than that pilot who, after all, obeyed an order in a war. Right. That is is an incredible story on top of answering the question, too. I mean, that's just a a very real-world thing. And it comes back again to, I think, that the, the ability that you had in assigning these roles in knowing what the student needed to express and and also what we had inside too. I want to come back to that in just a moment. We need to take another break and we're going to just we're going to keep going folks for as long as it takes. So um, we're having way too much fun. Yeah. And we're talking to Suzanne Adams. We will be right back. Nutria Performing Art Stories is a copyrighted production of Narratives Incorporated. It is written, directed, produced, and in this case, humbly and gratefully edited by yours truly, Dwayne Burkhardt. For more information, 
or to suggest a guest or sponsor for our podcast, please email info at NutrierPADStories.com. And join us tomorrow for part three of this very special four-part Christmas interview with the legendary Suzanne Adams. Thanks for listening. See you next time.